What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Maxine today, but with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? MT, I am fired up to announce that rejoining us, the sports director for Cron 4, a host on 95.7 The Game's Airwaves, a former member of ESPN, a sports anchor with experience in North Dakota, Louisiana, and Maryland, and a guy who thinks JP and GP2 wasted their time by swapping jerseys last night, Mr. Jason Dumas. What's going on, Jay? Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, you know the pleasure is ours, and we really need you today. Wild-ass trade deadline, man. Um, I'll go so far as to say, and this, you know, it doesn't mean as much as it should because I'm a recovering Raiders fan, and football has been kind of lost to me. But if I had to choose between watching this, the the way this trade deadline played out, and then the Super Bowl on Sunday, I'm picking the trade deadline 10 times out of 10. There's just no question. This drama is, uh, is unparalleled. Yeah, 100%. It was nuts uh, in real time, kind of working the phones on my end and then just watching other reporters and national insiders do their thing. Uh, I still am not caught up yet. Like, there's probably a bunch of guys who I have no idea play for what team now. Of course, the people I'm locked in on, I I know where they're at, but I'm sure – End of the night, I'm probably going to pour a stiff drink and kind of just look at the <laughs> transaction wire uh, later tonight. I've been drinking for 30 minutes, Jay, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, 
MT, how's this day been treating you, man? Because as you guys will see, it's been like a schizophrenic break for me. I've been all over the board, depending on the news as it came out. Uh, same for me. It's just been a, a crazy day. The, this league is like none other um, with this trade deadline. Uh, I was texting you and Maxime late last night and all throughout, you know, the the morning as we got closer to the deadline. Um, it's just crazy. You know, like you, you see all the action happening and especially with a lot of West Coast teams getting a little stronger, in my opinion, and then not seeing us making any moves until we get five second rounders and we're like, what is going on here? So I'm sure we'll dive into the specifics a little later, but um, it was it was a stressful day. Um, and you know, where I'll we landed is where we landed. A window into my stress and how bad of a parent I am. Uh, Jay, I got a seven-year-old. She is the light of my life. You know, love her to death. Um, and for, needless to say, we tried to encourage her not to drop F-bombs. She's seven years old. And one of my favorite things at the end of the day, go in, you know, sometimes I read to her, sometimes tech her in, whatever, but we spend time at the end of the day and it's like special daddy daughter time, you know? Yeah. So I'm in there, time of my life, stupid enough to bring the phone and I get multiple texts about Katie to the sons. And my first reaction was, fuck, I just say that out loud to nobody. The only person in the room is my daughter, dude. So like, right. it wasn't the most appropriate of times. I'm glad CPS wasn't there, but I tell you what, Let's jump in because I need your sage advice. And we're going to start with the glass half full, but I'm going to break the normal parameters. Yeah, normally just look back at hoop and give me something you like and don't. Not today. James Wiseman has been traded, boys, and it is getting opinions left and right, center. Everybody has these really hyperbolic takes. So look at the Wiseman trade specifically and give me something you like or don't like or both, right? And let me give you guys the logistics it was kind of a two-step trade, um, which got some of my schizophrenic response. But step one, the Warriors trade out James Wiseman, and it's a three-team uh, trade. The Hawks get Sadiq Bey. The Warriors get Kevin Knox and five second-round picks. Then, I think it was those five picks. They haven't, they haven't told us specifically. But the second trade, five second-round picks, leave Golden State, go to Portland, GP2 comes back. So the impact really is Wiseman for GP2. Jay. Take it away, man. What do you what are you thinking? Like or don't like about this? Um, I like it. I mean, it's hard not to like it. At the very, very, very least, the Warriors are getting something from an asset that was doing absolutely nothing for them. You can place blame on why that asset was doing nothing, but the fact remains it was doing nothing. And yep. I don't wanna, I don't wanna just, you know. Uh, call James Wiseman and just boil him down to an asset. He's a person, obviously, but he wasn't playing. He wasn't getting minutes. He wasn't in the rotation. He had fallen out of favor uh, from a basketball standpoint with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr all but made that clear uh, in his pressers over the last couple of weeks. So to be able to get Gary Payton the second back for that is – you know, it was a plus for the Warriors. Uh, GP2 knows the system. He knows what Steve Kerr will ask out of him. And he's a guy who impacts winning. And for the longest time, we've been saying James Wiseman does not impact winning. Actually, he, he negates you <laughs> from winning with some of the things he was doing out there. So, yeah, I, I like the trade. I don't think it was perfect. Do I think it's going to move the needle? Uh, yes. Will it move the needle enough to, you know, over 
overcome some of the other people in front of them. That's yet to be seen, but you got to look at it at a win. You know, I like, I don't think it would have taken much for it to be a win just simply because James Wiseman was not helping this organization win. I should have said this in your intro. Thank you for wearing a suit for us. Yeah. I'm sure that that is just because you know you'd be on video and you know it's good to have someone to take this show um, seriously. MT, I'm anxious to hear your takes. Let me agree with some of Jason's and then I'll turn it to you. All right. Um, so I'll, let me get some of the don'ts out of the way because it's fair. Uh, I don't like that we gave up the number two pick for a guy who is a rotational player for us last year. Just the optics on that. You know, I'm not a super big fan of it. Um, and I don't like basically, I mean, this is the same point. They fucked up the second pick. They picked the wrong guy. You know, I mean, there, there's no question about that. And I don't like that the other teams have made big, broader trades, you know, the compared to like the Suns and Dallas and even the Lakers kind of a minor move. You know, it's like having your neighbors at a second floor in a pool and you just remodel like the guest bathroom. You know, we didn't, we didn't bring in as much as some of the other teams did, but there's some things I like, man. And you nailed it, Jay. Bottom line is Wiseman was getting zero minutes in the lead up to the playoffs, was going to get zero minutes in the playoffs. They've traded away that slot and they brought back a guy who already knows the system is going to give us defense and grit and a little bit of fuck you, which we don't have a lot of on this team and is going to immediately contribute. So bringing in a contributor for a slot that was giving us nothing, something I like, you know, MT, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm the same. I'm, I'm I'm with Jay. I think that, that overall, I like where we landed. Um, I, I agree, and I, I get the argument that the optics of it aren't great um, of trading number two pick for a rotational player. But this isn't a normal rotational player. This rotational player played a significant role in our championship run. He was guarding some of the best players um, throughout the playoffs. The Western Conference got better, in particular at the guard level. So we're going to need that defense if we're going to make another run to the championship. So I like the fact that we traded somebody who wasn't playing um, for somebody who will contribute significant minutes. And I also think there's a little bit of the um, a pass for for Bob Myers and the team. Number two picks are notoriously hard. There's a lot of busts at that pick. You know, I was just looking back at who got selected at number two. There's some winners in there, obviously, but um, you have Marvin Bagley, the third, Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, Jabari Parker, Victor Oladipo, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Derek Williams, Evan Turner, Hashim Thabit. Like there's a track record of the number two picks not working out because you usually take a swing on somebody who wasn't the consensus number one, but had a good college career or had a lot of potential. So that unfortunately is what happened with uh, Wiseman. Hopefully he gets some playing time in Detroit and can turn his career around. Um, Unfortunately, it just didn't mesh with our timetable with um, our core three of Steph, Clay, and Dre. And um, happy to see GP2 back in the Warriors uniform. It's an excusable mistake. So yes, the history behind the number two pick isn't exactly sparkling. Some of those names are comedy just to hear. And then this number two pick, it's after COVID and they were looking at a guy who had no game film. You know, he hadn't played anywhere. He, he played like half a quarter at Memphis or whatever it was. And to be fair, all of us, I certainly use this microphone to say they need a young big and Wiseman fit that bill. So I get it. I get why they made the mistake. And I'll tell you what, it adds another thing I like. 
I like that they admitted the mistake, that they didn't just keep sitting on it, you know, and, and hoping that the guy improved. And I'll give you another thing I liked, and this is the schizophrenic reaction I had. When they first announced it, you know, they, they do the Sadiq Bay trade. And I read it the first way, and I was like, oh, fuck, they got Sadiq Bay back. Okay, you know, that's Jay's boy. He gave him the superpowers before he hit that three against us. And mm-hmm. here he goes. And then you read a little bit closer. You're like, wait a minute. The Warriors got five second rounders? And before they shipped them out and GP2 came back in, it looked like it was just a money-saving move. You know, they, they saved $130 million. If that's where this thing stayed, I was freaking the fuck out, man. You know, what's Lakeup doing? What's going on here? Is money the big concern? So another thing I like, that's not what they stuck on. They, they weren't. This wasn't about saving money, although they saved a little bit. It was about bringing back an asset. Jay, are they better now? You know, right now, looking at this roster, do you think with this trade they have a better shot at winning a title? Yeah, absolutely. They essentially just added a player who proved he can be a rotational piece, an important rotational piece for a championship team, for a guy who has not been a rotational piece for a championship team. So just by that logic, yeah, they're better than yesterday. Um, you know, like you said, there's there's a lot of nuances and it's not black and white. One could be like, well, you could have just signed GP2, could have just re-signed a guy, you know, you could have maybe – tried to play Wiseman, bring his value up and got something like there's so many different nuances to it. But if you just look at it from a black and white standpoint, the Warriors got better. And, you know, I was excited when I first saw Sadiq Bey, I was excited because I think Sadiq Bey is an extremely talented player, too, who could have helped the Warriors. Yep. Um, they move on from him uh, and they get Gary Payton. Now, who knows if the Warriors could have just kept Sadiq Bey, I'd imagine that that whole three-team trade was agreed upon with the Hawks having to get Sadiq Bay, so yeah. the Warriors might not have been able to just keep him. But GP2, a very talented player in his own right, and he played well against the Warriors on Wednesday night. Yeah, he did. Uh, which was just a funny coincidence. Uh but I had a feeling that GP2 was always going to come back to Golden State. I didn't think it would be this quick. Right. But just from things I've heard and how he, you know, felt about Portland a little bit. Uh, I, I knew that that Portland marriage probably wouldn't have been a long-term one. So, you know, it happened quicker than I thought, but you know, it's seems like most Warriors fans are excited. Uh, I know some of those vets are probably excited as well. Cause he was extremely well liked in that locker room. Uh, so maybe this familiarity and some of just the uh, the good vibes can help out this Warriors team that has just struggled to catch a rhythm all season long. It's just literally like the most chaotic team in the NBA. Win two games, they looking good, then they lose three, then they win four. It's just they haven't been able to catch a prolonged stride. Obviously, there's been some factors out of their control, most recently Steph's injury. But you would just like to see a prolonged win streak. I'm not saying go win 12 in a row, but like, you know, win eight out of 10, win like 12 out of 16, show some signs that will, you know, show some signs of some like prolonged achievement. Absolutely. Success. And, you know, maybe GP2 can help that signs that the team is getting better because I haven't seen one sign this year that this team has improved. 
I haven't seen any consistency. This team has been so bad for my emotional well-being, Jay. I mean, I can't. Every time I think I want to write them off, they have a big win. Every time I accept the big win, okay, here comes the championship DNA. They have a shit burger loss. you know. And so if he comes in and helps some consistency, I'm on board for it. And let me add a little um, extra color to the Wiseman analysis. So the criticism the Warriors are getting for selecting him and keeping him, I understand where it's all coming from. The only thing I'd caution, the only thing I'd add or, or add to it is that make sure you're not using 2020 hindsight. It's real easy now to say we shouldn't have done this and it didn't make any sense. But if you look at the decisions they were making when they were making them, in my mind, they all make sense. We already covered the first one. Why'd they draft him? We needed youth. We needed size. We needed athleticism. Check with Wiseman. Then the offseason, why'd they keep him? There was real reason to believe he was going to develop this year. There's no way they would have known. He would have shown basically nothing. So I I support the, uh, the, the calls they made, even if retrospectively they aren't the best. MT, are they a better title team right now? Do you think they've increased their title chances? I think so. Um, and I think Jay started to hit on it. For me, what I love most about the move is the chemistry that GP2 brings to the team. Um, you know, it, it, the way Draymond was talking about uh, GP2 not being on the team a couple weeks ago, you could just tell it was it was one of the moves that really hurt him the most. So I think not only slotting in a player that is familiar with the system, but also just is gets along with the guys and everybody likes them. You know, there's that story that Steph said in practice not to trade GP2 because he didn't want to have him guard him in the game. So I think, you know, from the the chemistry standpoint, that can't be overlooked as well. We're basically minus Otto Porter um, and Damian Lee just trotting out the same playoff rotation that we won a championship with and saying, give us your best shot because we think we can beat you. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, evidence that shows that we can do that. Um, some of these other teams are going to be tough outs now, Phoenix and Dallas in particular, and, and Denver's always there. But, um, you know, I, I like our chances. I do, I do think we got stronger. I mean, fuck, arguably, we are last year's team improved, depending on how you feel about DiVincenzo. You know, I mean, it's, it's minus OPJ plus Dirty D. I'm, DiVincenzo's certainly made his way up in my favorite player rankings. You know, um, here's a random aside. Is it weird that I'm kind of intimidated by Jay in the suit? I feel like all of his opinions are like way more justified. We're over here in a fucking hoodie. I got this bullshit sweater on. He's looking hell of professional. It's uh, <laughs> it's unfair. Yeah, you should have told us to wear a suit, dude. I, I have a tie. Bro, I'm on TV every night. I'm at work. <laughs> this is what I wear every day. <laughs> I think that's the only way to make me a little bit more intimidated. Nicely played. Uh, let's get to our golden questions, boys. So this is the mailbag. Um, they always look at the Warriors, occasionally get personal. This one does both, and they all look at the trade deadline. Here's our first quote. I love the GP2 is back, but I'm dealing with real trade envy for the Lakers, Dallas, and even the Bucks. Are you boys fine, or do you wish they had made the moves the other teams secured? So I'm going to I'll change this question slightly. Right. And then I can associate with it. That's what I was saying. This is the whole they've built a second floor and we only remodeled our bathroom thing. So I'm going to go through some of these trades and I'm going to ask you boys if you think or wish that the Warriors had done something similar. So let's start with the big brass ring. Right. KD. So Durant goes to the Suns. They gave up um, the Suns, gave up Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks and a 2028 pick swap. So for the Warriors to do it, basically, they would have had to give up all the young guys, Moody, Kaminga, maybe even Poole, and all of the draft picks. Four first-round picks and at least one second-rounder. 
retrospectively, what do you think? Do you boys wish that they had done that? Well, if we're just assuming that there's no rules in the NBA and they could have done that, which they couldn't have because <laughs> a couple of those guys were ineligible to be traded. Um, let's just for devil's advocate say they could have. No, nah, I don't like I don't know. I tra- like I would assume it would it would it would take Wiggins and Poole. It would, so, I mean, it would be to be fair and, and to address you, you're on the money. What the rules dictate specifically, it would have had to be Clay or Draymond. Because Wiggins contract, they just signed that. And mm-hmm. so they couldn't cough that up. And so he would have to, you know, it'd be, it'd be dealing with the devil a little bit, man. You'd be selling your soul in order to do it. But right. And if there, I don't know the exact language, but if pool was traded, it would be a poison pill for them. Cause they would, they would still be on the hook for some money yeah. for trading him so quickly. Yeah. Uh, but either way. So let's say rules didn't exist and it was like a pool Wiggins package. No, I don't. I, I just wouldn't have loved that for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and then obviously if it was a Draymond or Clay package, I just think the fan base would have reacted so negatively to that. Uh, I don't think Steph would have ever signed off on that. So yeah. I just think it's almost a moot point. It was never happening. If it were to happen at all, it would have had to be this summer. Uh, and Kevin Durant, he wanted out now. So the timing of it just made it impossible for the Warriors. So it was almost like, why even get into it? It, yeah. it couldn't. It was not going to happen. That's fair. And, and Steph not signing off on it is a great take. I'll, I'll just to show you what kind of um, a psychopath I am. We just did this week, dude. Monday we did a should the Warriors trade for Kevin Durant? And I said no for a lot of the reasons you just explained. Right. And then when I got that text, you know, and I'm sitting with my daughter and I'm reading to her and I'm dropping f bombs to my seven year old. I, you know, I didn't completely flip, but I didn't go back to like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't trade him. Like they suddenly I had a little heartbreak. I didn't like that he was going somewhere else and that another team got much better. Um, MT, what do you think, man? So, yeah, I, I think I think that heartbreak for you was um, magnified because you went to a West Coast team and specifically a team with CP3 on it. And yeah, okay. you, know, you don't want to see CP3 get a ring. But yeah, to Jay's point, there's a lot of rules that wouldn't have made that trade even possible. I think another one is they can't trade Wiggins, have Wiggins and Simmons on the same roster for their contract reasons. So, well, make apply the rules. Say it's yeah. the young guys, not pool. Say it's Draymond or Clay, and then J.K. Moody, four first round picks and a second round pick. Would you have done that? Well, applying the rules, I think we would have had to take back Ben Simmons too, which at that point means we're adding even more people in. So are, am I trading for KD and Ben Simmons and gutting the entire future of the Warriors? Yeah. No. No. There you go. Yeah. Um, let's get to a more realistic one. And it's a name that we talked about here a few times. Poidle, right? Or Pertle. I never know how to say his fucking name. Pertle was traded out uh, to Toronto. Toronto gave up uh, Burke. And a first rounder in two seconds. So this is not directly equivalent, but close enough. Say it was Wiseman, a first and two seconds. Do you wish they had done that and gone after Pirtle? And so instead of GP2, you bring back Pirtle, but you got to give up a first. I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, no, I don't do it either. I, I understand the appeal and the allure of getting that size. Um, but, you know, I'm... I'm a big Loon fan. I think when the time calls, he shows up. I mean, he had 20 rebounds that one game. He, he you know, he's he's our Luna Lajawan. So um, I, 
I don't think it was necessary because at the end of the day, we're going to be playing small ball lineups. Um, Andre Godala is probably not going to try to dunk anymore. So he'll be back healthy from that hip strain. And, um, you know, we'll play small ball lineups. When we need that size, we'll just call on loon and, and roll the dice. I'll back that. The, if, if we needed to have a slogan for this year, really it's run it back. I mean, that's what we keep saying, right? I mean, that's the idea. These guys have championship pedigree. And if we had to add a guy who already did it with us, you know, or a person we've never seen fitting into the run it back uh, category, it is GP2 over Pirtle for me. And that's even before you give up the first. So, no, I'm fine that they didn't make that move. Jay, is it a sweep, unanimous call? Yeah, it's a sweep. Like, uh, I think he's a good player. I do. But the way the Warriors play – I'm not sure they would use, they would maximize his talent once it came to winning time. Yep. I think it would be more of a regular season move to help push the Warriors into the postseason, uh, help save and spend save some of their vets' minutes and stuff. Yep. Because once it gets to the postseason, Steve Kerr always goes small. I don't yep. think he yep. would get on the court as much. It would almost be like the same way that they use my man. Uh, why is he? Why is his uh, name slipping my mind? I'm been so many names have been going <laughs> through me. The the guy who retired, our your the European, Bezzi. yeah, Bezzi. Yes, I think it would be a similar situation. Like he would come in and get some stretches, but to trade yep. a first rounder. For, for that, I don't think it would have been worth it. He wouldn't have played as much in the playoffs. I think he would have helped the Warriors, though, like just in sense of in the regular season, help save some of the other guys yep. and get them there because I think that's been one of the Warriors' biggest issues this year. They are you, Draymond, Steph, Clay. They're playing so many big-time minutes right now, and that might hurt them late. Yep. You know, and Bielitsa – you know, he played much more during the regular season and he, he helped conserve other guys' energy. And then when it came time to the playoffs, his role was reduced. He yeah. would come in and he played great spot minutes. He did. And I think Poto would too. But I just didn't, you know, I think that would have been a, a steep price tag for someone who would be used in the manner I think he would be used in the postseason. I think Bielitz is a great comparison. And I mean, enough said, it is a clean sweep. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Here's a much more difficult one, Jay Crowder. So Jay Crowder was gotten for five second round draft picks. It's the exact same price that they paid for GP2. Jay Crowder is a guy we said a lot of times. I think, Jay, you and I said, look, wet dream. That's best fucking case. You know, I mean, we didn't think that Phoenix would do it. But put that aside. Say that Phoenix is just down. They just wanted five second rounders. Would you guys right now trade GP2 for Jay Crowder? Um, That's a great question. Um. I think it's situational, and I think GP2 for the Warriors is more valuable than he is on a lot 
of other franchises. Um, so I wouldn't. But that's not that's not a knock on on Jay Crowder. Yep. That's not a knock on Jay Crowder at all. Some guys just fit in perfectly. Uh, completely different sport. But I used to always tell people, people would be like, Nick Foles sucks. And I'd be like, whenever he's on the Eagles, he plays really good football. It's something about the system, something about the familiarity. He's good for them. But he might get traded anyone else and might not be as impact, impactful. Sure. It's the same way I feel about GP2. I just think he fits in seamlessly. He's very comfortable. He It's more than just basketball with him when he plays in the Bay because of where his dad is from and the yeah. roots here. I just think it's a perfect fit. So I would rather have him on the Warriors than Jay Crowder. Other situations, I would probably pick Jay Crowder, just a little more battle-tested, a little more proven, even though GP2 sounds – it sounds you know, like I, like I'm kind of stepping on my toes because GP two has the ring, but Jay Crowder just more prolonged history of success in the postseason and playing his role at a high level. If you talk to non Warrior fans, way more are going to know Jay Crowder than they'll know GP two. I mean, that's just right. a practical reality. But mm-hmm. what you're hitting on, man, is what's emerging as a theme here: the Warrior system. Look at Wiseman. Wiseman might have a really fucking successful career in Detroit now, but he mm-hmm. didn't fit the system. Jay Crowder is is an impact guy and probably, honestly, probably would be able to fit within this system. But we already know what GP2 can does and has done, you know? And so there's there's no question in his fit. So if I'm going to be preaching the whole run it back thing, then fuck, let's run it back. You know, I, I would prefer GP2. But I, Jay Crowder, I, um, I wouldn't have been mad if, if the, you know, if the, the next announcement after the Sadiq Bay thing is and they flip those five for Jay Crowder. I would have been celebratory. It's a it's a close call. MT. Um, I, I pass. I, I I would have preferred GP two only because of the chemistry issue. Again, I think Jay Crowder is probably a little bit better of an offensive player. Um, he he hasn't been shooting it well, and he hasn't played all season, so that gives me a little pause. Um, but I think GP two is a better defender. And then because those two are washed, then you just go with chemistry. And I think it's it's hands down GP2 at that point. My favorite play of Jay Crowder was when they beat the Lakers. Remember, he like, I don't remember what he did. He, he mm-hmm. blocked LeBron something. He felt something happened with LeBron. And then he did the Samba on the other side of the court and they threw him out and no one's ever run faster off the court and like in the history of running or courts. Um, and it just sticks out in my mind. All right, here's our last one. And it's one I am nervous about. I don't know how to phrase it. It's the almost trade for OG Ananobi, right? So there was a about 30-minute period there where it looked like the Warriors were going to go in on OG. And our boy, friend of the podcast, CJ Holmes reported the asking price was a little steep. It was the inclusion of JK, supposedly. So all rumors, who knows? But the possible deal would have been Moody, Kaminga, and a first-rounder at least bringing back our two first-rounders. I'm sorry bringing back OG, if it was up to you, would you have said yes to that? Or did they make the right move and, and not send out JK? Uh, I think they made the right move. I think it's one of those things. Well, first of all, shout out CJ. Um, I He's pretty, you know, he's tapped in. He works really hard. So if he reported that, I didn't even catch that report from him. But if he reported it, um, you know, I believe it to be true, obviously. But uh, it's one of those weird moves that I think if the Warriors made it, they would have still been good, and I think it would have helped them. 
but I can see why they didn't make it. They yeah. really believe in Jonathan Kaminga. I believe in Jonathan Kaminga too. So I have no problem with them not making that deal. If they had made it, I wouldn't have killed them for it. I wouldn't have, but I am happy they didn't because I think Kaminga is going to have staying power and he's just kind of, he never had a bad attitude at yep. all, but I just know the mood around the mood, the feeling around the organization uh, over the last two years was that he could do a little more. And it kind of didn't help that his peers are like Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. It's like, it's like when you're in that, you're in a classroom with people and you're not necessarily lazy, but all your classmates just like work so fucking hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're like, dude, y'all are making me look bad by default. <laughs> it was kind of that with Kaminga. Like the best players on his team work extremely hard and he's not meeting that bar. So they're kind of looking at him like, come on, man. Like you got to step it up. Steve Kerr is the same way. And it's really been the last probably about seven weeks or something just clicked with Kaminga. He realizes what he has to do. Absolutely right. He realized what he has to do. He realized how he has to work. And he's been rewarded for it. And the fruits of his labor are starting to take off. It's almost like he's doing less on the court. But his strides have been even greater. And it's starting to click. And if he keeps that mindset up, the sky is the limit. Because... Since the first day I saw that kid play, I was like, holy shit. I yes. went to see Jalen Green play for the G League Ignite, and I ended up asking someone on the coaching staff, who is that guy? And it was yeah. Jonathan Kaminga. That's exactly right. I love the group analysis or the group project analysis. By the way, you basically just described my participation in every group project <laughs> I've ever like, been no, in. You're, right? not, you're not lazy, but you're with overachievers. Can so we just settle down? Know, you know, I mean, can we look. just settle down? Like, well, we can get the A. We just don't have to be sprinting constantly. I'm with you on this um, and agree so much. I'm not going to add a lot. I, I've fallen in love with JK. Um, we've talked a lot about his development. I'll add this. He gets it now. He gets what they want from him and he's working on that. He's showing patience. And so I don't know where this goes. You know, who knows if the potential is going to be realized. I fell in love with Anthony Randolph and, you know, he never actually capitalized for me, but I want to see what happens with Kuminga and I'm glad that we're going to get a front row for it. Uh, yeah. You did love Anthony Randolph. I forgot about that. I still got to do. He's probably only like 26, dude. He was <laughs> hell of young when he played here. Uh, he just um, never got his shot, but this isn't about yeah. Randolph. What do you think, dude? OG, did you like the trade? Um, I'm glad we did not do it. Um, I think OG is a better player than Jonathan Kuminga right now, but to Jay's point, watching seeing that it's kind of clicked into Kaminga's mind and seeing the potential there. I don't think OG is Moses Moody and two first round picks better than Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. So I think it was a bit of a steep asking price. If, if you, if it's just Kaminga and Moody and, you know, maybe a second or one of the firsts, like maybe you can argue it, but I think it's just, I don't think, OG is three players better than Kaminga is right now. Let's go to our personal question because Jay, I know we're losing you soon. This is a judgment theater one. This person asks, quote, how would you deal with a trade? So don't ask me, don't answer it yet, right? Let's set up the idea and then let's uh, guess. Let's say you go to sleep one night. You are a member of one team. You wake up the next day. No one's called you. You suddenly find that you have been traded to another team. Psychologically, 
How would it impact you? Would you take it hard? Would you be fine? Start with me, boys. What do you think? That scenario goes down with me. How do I take it? Uh, you would definitely be upset. I could tell just just from the short couple of months I know you, B, you would be upset. Nine, not necessarily a bad thing. It's like, you know, people are emotionally invested in certain things and in their work. Um, so, yeah, like I wouldn't I would never blame anyone. I would just say, hey, it's a business and try not to take things personally. But of course, that's easier said than done. MT, I think you take it really really hard depending <laughs> on who the team is though i think there are one or two teams that if you get traded to you're like okay i can make this work that's fine I, yeah you could be like mo bamba and have your u-haul packed i'm going to la but you know say for those two i think 28 other destinations you take it really hard and you're tweeting like mikhail bridges like oh my god late at night one in the morning we have done these judgment theaters now, I don't know, man, with like eight or nine guests, you know, um, and Jay, I really like you and fast friendship and, you know, off we go. But you're right. We've just met. And that's true for most of the eight or nine people we've met. Not one of them has hesitated and be like, oh, you're that crazy. Like not one. There hasn't been there hasn't been like one second of like, oh, I'm not really sure. To no one's surprise, you are both fucking right. I would take it hell of hard. And I actually have a real world example. Um I worked for a law firm a while back that had a bunch of different trial teams. So one law firm, but a bunch of different smaller teams that would work up cases. And I worked with one team for about a year. We were pretty successful. Things went well. One day I came in, my fucking desk had been moved and I was switched. I'd been traded. I was traded to another team. And I like to my credit, after about a day, I made the switch and did you know, did really well and kind of use it as motivation. Fuck them forever. But I'd be lying to you guys if I wasn't in my feelings for a good 24 hours. Like I, I remember walking by like for no reason, the bathroom wasn't there or nothing. Walking by the office of the head of the trial team that had passed me just to kind of like look sad and like, I don't, I don't even know what I wanted out of it. I just, I did like a, one last, uh, I remember when I used to be on that team. So yes, I would take it super hard. Let's go to Marcus. Um, I think, externally you wouldn't tell anybody you took it hard i think you'd have all the right conversations i think you'd be all the way fine you'd show up the next day you'd constantly do it but in your heart of heart internally i think you'd take it hard i think it would hurt you you wouldn't like that somebody thought that you were expendable and you'd use it as motivation but it hits you in kind of a personal place so that's that's my guess for you i i feel the same way uh don't know you super well, Marcus, of course, obviously, so I could be wrong, but I feel like you are uh, you're going to do the right thing, even if internally it's eating you up. Like you might be pissed and just curse, curse out everybody in the car, but then you're going to walk, walk into work and be professional. Yeah. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. You know, yeah. all those things. <laughs> nice. We don't know each other super well, Jay, but you nailed it. Um, that tie is giving you superpowers. Um, <laughs> I basically yeah. said the same thing. I'm not, I'm not wearing a tie, but I mean, yeah, but you said it like this. You said it like that. It was, it was different. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's exactly how it. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit to a fault. Um, so I need change. Like I, if I like something from a restaurant, that's what I get at that restaurant. I don't really deviate from it. So if I was traded to another city, I would internally take it very hard and be um, upset and externally would be professional and try to play it off like it didn't bother me. And I was here and said all the right things, but I would take it very hard. 
This is a fucked up way to tell you, and I apologize. We should have done it before we went live. We've traded you to Locked On, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You've you got through the weekend. You don't have to show up right now. Uh, we got nothing back, but you know, future considerations. That's fine. And they paid us some money, so it is what it is. I Let's appreciate the compliment. I look forward to podcasting with him. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he puts it on mute, and we hear him. Go, would you show oh, up, or would you ask for a buyout? Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to Jason. I don't think you'd take it that hard. I think there would be like an initial fuck you. I think it. I think it would trigger some competition within you. You know, I, I'd like okay. You know, like, but for me, when it hit me, there was there's a moment when I'm feeling sorry for myself, and then I I flipped into okay. You know, this is what you want. Let's go. I don't think there's a moment where you're feeling sorry for yourself. I think the second you read it, there's some fuck yous. You know, like this, you guys have made a mistake and I'm going to make you pay for it. Uh, and then you go on and off you go. So it's an emotional reaction. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you just say, oh, this is part of the job. I think there would be some vitriol there, but I think you use it as, as, a, as a backwind, you know, as a way to, to thrust you forward, not something that held you back. Nice. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. I, I think he plays it very professional and uses it as motivation and fuel to the fire. I don't think, I think Jay purposefully wouldn't allow the team that let him go to see that he was upset. It would, it would be purposeful to say, to show them that he's going to be all right. And they, his actions would show them that they made I like that. Like gives yeah. him like a goodbye gift, you know, yeah. like, like a thank you for everything kind of thing. Like sends him yeah. a bottle of wine kind of deal. Yeah, that's and here's my all Now I'm an all-star this season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, y'all hit the nail on the head. I've been trying, <laughs> you know, I just recently read a book and in part in, in part of that book, it said like, learn not to take things personally. Um, but, and I get that sentiment. I do, but I do think in some instances you should take things personally, maybe not, let everybody know that you took it personally, <laughs> but like, all right, they, they traded me clearly because they just don't think I'm good enough. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, that's, that's usually the root of most reasons. Uh, so, all right, I'm going to show them I'm good enough. Yep. So I understand it's a business won't take it personal, but there would definitely be some extra motivation whenever I cross paths on them. <laughs> like, bro, like I, I have been, I have been in my career turned down by like agents and agents say, oh, I don't think you're ready. Like, I, I only I only um, I only represent this caliber of talent. All right, bet I'll say, I'll reply with a nice email. Thank you for your time. Thank you for looking. But I swear every time I go to work, like over the next week, I'm thinking of him. I'm killing every show. I'm trying to make sure he sees me killing it and he or she. And if they come back, circle back, which has happened in the past. I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes even athletes are like that. They'll use anything for motivation to give themselves an extra edge. I forget who just said it. It was, oh, it was the Bengals. It was the Bengals coach. Uh, he said that he was been scouring Twitter, looking for bulletin board material for his guys because he likes to make his guys tick which is ironic because it was them giving the Chiefs all right. the bulletin board material. But their head coach said he looks for every edge. I love the idea. I mean, being slighted, can I associate with that? It doesn't have to be an agent. Jay, this is 100% true. There was a guy who was supposed to give me a ride home in high school. I think it was junior year. His name was Nate. 
And I remember waiting for him and he showed up and he said he couldn't. There was, he had to go. I don't remember the fucking rash. I just remember him saying no. Now, every time I hear the word Nate, I think of that story just for like a half a second. I'm like, oh, I still hate that guy. We're talking like 20 years ago, dude. So I can associate with all of that vitriol. Here's our last question. And I'm going to combine them because we're already keeping you late. Give me your draft winners, a draft, your trade deadline winners, trade deadline losers, and who the favorite to win the title is now after all of this stuff has gone down. To give you some time to think, I'll go first. Trade, uh, keep wanting to say draft. Trade deadline losers, I say Denver. Going into this, everybody, you know, look how great Denver is. They've got this clear path. They are the number one. I don't think that's the analysis anymore. Uh, and so they get screwed a little bit. Who won the Suns? That, that We'll see how the chemistry works. And it's not just talent in basketball, but at least from the outside looking in, it looks like they have a hell of a roster. Who do I think is favored to win it? I still think it's Boston. Um, I, I understand they didn't make a big move, you know, and I think Milwaukee got better, but I think Boston is still my title favorite. What do you boys got? I think the winners and they're they're the butt of everyone's jokey jokes and me saying the winners don't doesn't imply that I think they're going to go win a championship now. But I think they've gotten significantly better and have given LeBron James a better chance. I think the Lakers were winners. They they upgraded their roster. And I think the biggest losers, I liked your Nuggets answer, um, only getting what they got for Bones Highland. Uh, who is a very talented player, in my opinion, was an L. And then just their their peers got way better, so it just hurt them. But I think the biggest losers are the Brooklyn Nets. Like, how can you go, I love Macau Bridges. I like Cam Johnson. Love Macau. But to go from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and a week later, Macau and Cam, it's awful. Like, they're, they're awful. They went from hey, if this team makes the NBA Finals, I wouldn't be too shocked because they have two of the most talented players in the NBA, two of among the most talented, obviously. They went from, hey, they might make a Finals run and it wouldn't shock anyone really to this team is not good anymore. Just they're not good and they're not going to be good anytime soon. Yeah, I'm going to go... I think the biggest winners quietly, just to add some different answers, um, are the Jazz. It, it amazes me that year after year, Danny Ainge fleeces some GM and some team and just gets in a crazy amount of draft picks and, you know, stockpiles uh, talent in a way and picks that you can just tell he's redoing kind of Boston over there in Utah. So um, we'll see how, how it plays out. You know, it's, it's a tough place to build a team. Just not a lot of free agents will want to go there, but um, I think quietly what they're building over there, they'll have a chance to compete with OKC and Sam Presti in terms of draft capital to really make some noise and moves. Um, Losers. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Um, Who knows what they're doing. They, who knows, you know, that the, the ill um, gotten trade for Gobert and then, you know, you just kind of trade away, you know, D'Angelo obviously wasn't working very well, but who knows what's going on over there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if for some reason Cat comes on the market, you know, over the summer and, and they're listening to offers and they just completely blow it up. But um, they're, they're an interesting franchise, but, you know, shout out to them too, because they're the reason why we have Steph and Clay.
<laughs> and Kaminga, and I mean, like, and, 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 um, and I think if Carl Anthony Towns wasn't hurt, he may have been on the market fucking right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Wolves, they're perennial losers. The one thing I will say where I don't ding them with the trade, I think Mike Conley is an upgrade from D'Angelo Russell, just in the sense of he will bring a mature voice to that locker room. Sure. He's just a consummate professional. Um, and D'Angelo Russell is not. So, so, you know, I, I, you know, he, he's just an adult in the room who probably will help them. What hurts Minnesota too, is that sun's trade because essentially the package that the Suns had to give up to bring back Kevin Durant is what the fuck they gave up for Rudy Gobert, who doesn't fit in their system at all, at all, at all, at all. So, you know, yes, I, I agree with the loss. Um, Quick announcement for us, and then let's get the hell out of here. We have a very exciting segments coming up over the next couple of weeks. We are broadening the Warriors huddle team. We're bringing in an intern, and we're going to do a reality TV show like game show competition between four of the uh, of the possible invitees to figure out who the person is going to join us. So we'll start that up next week. I at least wanted to announce it here. That in mind, let me turn it back to you. Jay, love having you. Always true. Definitely true this week. For people who need far more uh, suited Dumas in their life, where do they go? Uh, you can check me out on Cron for Sunday through Thursday in the evenings. I'm on Channel 4 in the 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 10 o'clock hour. Uh, you can check out my content on Bleacher Report. Uh, you can hear me on the airwaves on 95, 70 games, typically on weekends when I do get on there. And then obviously socials, Jay Dumas reports on Instagram and Twitter and things are about to start heating up with the Warriors. Um, we're debuting our hoop session show, uh, where it's all things Warriors. It's a 30 minute show coming on Sundays at 1030, starting the first Sunday after the All-Star break. So the 26th. So we'll have some exclusive interviews every week and it'll be a cool show. I'll be there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. For us, you can shoot us an email. If you want to get us a question, let us know we've done a good job, bad job, any job. That email address is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Our only social media account is at Twitter. You can also find me on the radio when I desperately call Jay on uh, Saturday or Sunday at 95.7 and hope to God he accepts the call. And with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.